You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hello all, Eric Rivenis with the Most Notorious Podcast here. Each week I interview an author or historian about a historical true crime, tragedy, or disaster. Subject matter ranges from gunslingers to Gilded Age murder to gangsters to fires to pirates to wild prison breaks. My guests bring their incredible knowledge directly to you. Please subscribe to Most Notorious on your favorite podcast app. Cheers and have a safe tomorrow. Most people have seen Psycho, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and The Silence of the Lambs, all of them classics within the horror genre, anchored by some of the scariest villains in movie history. But what many don't know is that the terrifying killers depicted in all three of these iconic films were actually inspired by the same real-life murderer, Ed Gein, the Butcher of Plainfield. When police entered his home in Plainfield, Wisconsin on November 16, 1957, following the disappearance of a local woman, they had no idea they were walking straight into a house of horrors, unlike anything else in history. Not only did they find the woman they were looking for, dead, decapitated, and hung from her ankles, but also a number of gruesome, stomach-turning objects, including a chair upholstered with human skin and a window-shade string fashioned out of human lips. What the police would soon learn is that Ed Gein had spent the last decade collecting human bodies, some belonging to those he killed himself, to use for his many twisted purposes. The main purpose, as he unashamedly explained to investigators, was simple. He wanted to create a suit out of human skin, which Ed could use to reconstruct his deceased mother. And that was just the tip of the iceberg. This is the story of Ed Gein, perhaps the most horrifying serial killer in American history. You're listening to History Uncovered, brought to you by the digital publisher All That's Interesting, where we explore the uncharted corners of the natural world and the world past. I'm All That's Interesting staff writer Kalina Fraga. Today, we're diving into the disturbing story of Ed Gein, the so-called Butcher of Plainfield. Like Norman Bates, the disturbing killer at the heart of Alfred Hitchcock's 1960 classic Psycho, Ed Gein was obsessed with his mother, Augusta. Highly religious and domineering, Augusta ruled her family with an iron fist. She told Ed and his older brother, Henry, that the world was full of evil, that women were quote-unquote vessels of sin and caused disease, and that drinking and immorality were instruments of the devil. Determined to protect her family from the evil that she believed was all around them, Augusta insisted on moving from La Crosse, Wisconsin to Plainfield when Ed was a boy because she thought that La Crosse was a quote-unquote sinkhole of filth. In Plainfield, she also demanded that the family relocate to an isolated farm outside of town because she adamantly believed that living in town would corrupt her two young sons. As a result, Ed only ever left home to go to school where he seemed to find confirmation of his mother's dire warnings. Ed didn't fit in with the other children. He had a lazy eye, a speech impediment, and was generally socially awkward. His classmates later remembered that he'd sometime burst into random fits of laughter, as if amused by some private joke. 
But if Ed felt badly about his treatment in school, he didn't get much sympathy for it from his parents. His mother insulted him when he came home in tears, and his timid, alcoholic father, who died in 1940, hit him. Plus, any efforts on his part to make friends only resulted in further punishment from Augusta. And yet, despite all this, Ed adored his mother. Unlike his brother Henry, who sometimes stood up to her domineering ways, Ed seemed to embrace her harsh worldview. So, it's perhaps no surprise that Henry was likely Ed's first victim. In 1944, when Ed was 38 years old, he and his brother went to work in the field near their farmhouse, but while burning vegetation, their fire got out of control. The fire department arrived to help them put out the blaze, and Ed told the firefighters that his brother had gone missing during the chaos. Henry's body was found that night, but although he had mysterious bruises on his head, his death was ruled an accident. It was only in later years that authorities began to wonder if something else had happened out there in the field. For about a year after Henry's death, Ed lived alone with his mother in their farmhouse. Then, in 1945, Augusta died too, and Ed Gein began his true descent into madness and murder. After his mother's death, Ed Gein boarded up several sections of the farmhouse. He kept these rooms, which his beloved mother had used, in pristine condition, like a shrine. He himself moved into a small bedroom off the kitchen, which quickly fell into a state of extreme disarray. Over the next decade, Ed kept to himself, shuttered away inside the family home. As life went on in the town, he developed obsessions with Nazi medical experiments, human anatomy, porn, though he never dated or attempted to date any real-life women, and pulp horror novels. Soon, he began to indulge his increasingly deranged fantasies, but no one could have guessed what he was getting up to inside his isolated farmhouse night after night. It all finally came to light in 1957, when 58-year-old Bernice Warden, the owner of a local hardware store, suddenly vanished, leaving only bloodstains and an open till at her store. In the aftermath, it quickly became clear that Ed Gein was likely the last person to see her alive. The last sale of the night was a gallon of antifreeze, purchased by Ed himself. But when police went to his house, they had no idea they were about to walk into a nightmare. When they entered Ed Gein's kitchen, the police were met with a headless corpse hanging by its heels from the rafters. It was Bernice Warden, dead and decapitated. But that stomach-churning find was just the beginning. As the police waded through the mountainous mess in Ed's house, they uncovered a seemingly never-ending series of shocking, stomach-churning objects. Among the things Ed had amassed and crafted over the past decade were human bones, skulls impaled on his bedposts, and kitchen utensils carved from skeletons. They found human organs stored in jars, chairs made with human skin, and faces mounted on the wall. They even found the face stored in a paper bag of tavern owner Mary Hogan, who had vanished in 1954, as well as Bernice Warden's head in a burlap sack. And that was just the first layer. Police then discovered a corset made from a human torso, the genitalia of nine different women, 
a belt made of nipples, a lampshade made from a human face, and a window shade string made from human lips. Ed readily admitted to the police that he collected most of the body parts during dozens of expeditions to three graveyards, which he described as visiting in a daze starting two years after Augusta's death. He'd been searching for bodies that he thought resembled his mother. Indeed, Ed's goal, it seemed, as later depicted in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and the Silence of the Lambs, had been to wear human skin. With a skin suit, Ed believed that he could live inside his dead mother. Meanwhile, he wore the gruesome items he made while dancing in the Wisconsin moonlight. Following the police search of his property, Ed Gein was arrested and his family's farmhouse was boarded up. But his story doesn't quite end there. Following his arrest on November 16, 1957, Ed Gein entered a plea of not guilty by reasons of insanity. As a result, Ed was sent to the Central State Hospital for the Criminally Insane, where he was diagnosed with schizophrenia. That same year, his house of horrors mysteriously burned to the ground. At the hospital, Ed put his dubious skill set to good use. He worked as a mason, a carpenter's assistant, and even as a medical aide. Apparently, in the last 10 years, he'd learned a thing or two about both construction and the human body. But 10 years later, Ed was deemed fit to stand trial. In 1968, he was found guilty of killing Bernice Warden, although the court also decided that he'd been insane at the time of her death. In the end, that was the only murder that Ed was charged with. However, he'd also confessed to killing Mary Hogan, and some suspect that he'd killed even more. After all, dozens of bodies, as many as 40 of them, were found at his property in various states of dismemberment. In any case, Ed was then sent back to Central State Hospital following his trial, where he largely faded from the public eye. He died at the age of 77 in 1984 after transferring to the Mendota Mental Health Institute. His legacy, however, has long outlived him. Ed Gein inspired the mother-obsessed killer Norman Bates in Psycho, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre's skin-wearing Leatherface, and Buffalo Bill in The Silence of the Lambs, who, like Ed, had a desire to make a suit out of human skin. But what makes Ed Gein's story more bone-chilling than any film is that it was all too real. For more than 10 years, Ed Gein indulged his sick fantasies. Isolated from the world, he robbed graves, killed women, and spent his hours alone turning body parts into furniture, decorations, and clothing. And he did it all inside a seemingly normal farmhouse, just outside a sleepy little Wisconsin town. Thanks for listening to History Uncovered. I'm History Uncovered's producer, Kit Westneat. If you like the show, help others find us by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And be sure to follow the All That's Interesting and History Revealed pages on Facebook and Real History Uncovered on Instagram. Make sure you don't miss out on the new episodes and subscribe to the History Uncovered podcast. And keep up with our latest stories at allthatsinteresting.com. If you have a question about the show or just want to say hi, 
feel free to call us at 929-526-3029 or email us at podcast at allthisinteresting.com. This podcast is part of the Airwave Media Podcast Network. Visit airwavemedia.com to listen and subscribe to their other fine shows like Legends of the Old West and Redacted History. Until next time, keep exploring. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts.